Well, hello, everyone. My name is JB with Not By Works Ministries, proclaiming the clear, accurate, and urgent gospel message from my studio beneath the sky nestled in the tall timbers of Colorado. Thank you for joining us. It is Wednesday, July 26th, 2023, and that means it's time for our weekly world events update with Randy, and I'll bring Randy on here in just a moment. Uh, we always talk for a bit uh, before I bring him on about updates here in the ministry. So we just like to give you a quick rundown on what we've done recently and what's coming up in the next few days. Um, we sure appreciate all of our listeners and those who watch the videos. I want to start by uh, once again apologizing for the audio quality at our Prophecy Night last night. We had a fantastic turnout, tons of people joining us by live stream, and it was not bad. The quality was not bad. We spent an hour ahead of time with a professional sound engineer trying to get it uh, straightened out, and it, all the tests that we did ahead of time went to very well, and it seemed like it was you know, working well, but then when we uh, posted it afterwards and listened to the recordings, it was a little bit suboptimum. Uh, most, uh, you know, we haven't had very many complaints, so you can hear it, and, and it sounds fine. I listened to it in the car on the way home, and I have very poor hearing, as I think our listeners know. I wear hearing aids and have just very bad uh, problem with my hearing, and I could hear it fine, even with the car noise, and then I listened to it on my phone as well, uh, and my computer at home, and that uh, seems to be fine, but if you crank it up pretty high, which some people like to do, and you listen real close, you can tell it's distorted, and it's not optimum, and we apologize for that, so we're still troubleshooting it. I think it's really become a spiritual battle, honestly, because uh, we've got top minds working on this, and we uh, just can't seem to uh, figure it out even when it seems like we have something still sneaks in and causes a glitch and it's only a problem when we're in the pulpit at plum creek chapel obviously here in my studio beneath the sky things are great and uh, we have really good quality sound and equipment here so uh, just pray for us pray that we'll get that sorted out i know it's frustrating as a listener when you're accustomed to high quality stuff and there are a lot of you know, sort of, uh, you know, lay people out there that are running podcasts and videos that have that basically a professional quality stuff. And so I think the community at large out there on the internet has come to expect really high quality. And it bothers me when we can't deliver that uh, in, on Sundays and Tuesdays. But in any event, I do encourage you to, to listen to that last night. It's not uh, so bad that it, it can't be listened to. It's actually not, not that bad at all. Uh, but we talked last night about and the growing number of world organizations and how that is setting the stage for the world government. And so I introduced you to something called WorldCoin that just went live on Monday of this week. That's uh, Sam Altman's company. Uh, he's the one that owns OpenAI and ChatGPT. But anyway, I encourage you just to listen to that. Uh, it, was a, it was a great night last night. On Monday this week, we had two podcasts. I had Lucas Doremus on to talk about the parables of the kingdom, and that's sort of part one of a multi-part discussion that he and I will have uh, based on uh, Jesus' enigmatic parables of the kingdom. <laughs> Later on, uh, on Monday in the afternoon, we had our third episode of Dr. Hickson Answers Your Questions. I'm getting great feedback from that. I'm really enjoying answering those questions. So fire away, shoot, shoot us an email with your questions, and we will answer them on a future uh, edition of that uh, series, uh, our Q&A series. Uh, so we've got Randy today. Uh, we've got uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be on Stand Up for the Truth with Mary Danielson. As you know, uh, she's now the, the full-time host of that program as David Fiorazzo has moved on. He's going to be launching his own podcast in September. And we're going to have David on twice in August on the Not By Works podcast uh, to help him launch that 
uh, podcast, and I've gotten a sneak preview of the new name for his podcast and the logo. I'm not at liberty to say what it is, but it is fantastic. I'm so excited uh, for uh, David, and uh, we'll be saying more about that when we talk with him next week. Um, then tomorrow, we, we've also got, in addition to me being a guest on Stand Up For The Truth, we'll be doing our own podcast with Brad Maston entitled While We Wait. And we're going to talk about what believers should be doing in these times as we eagerly anticipate the return of the Lord. What what should our focus be and what actions should we be taking? Friday, I've got Shane on to talk about the snowballing nature of artificial intelligence. And then Saturday, we're going to do part two of our limited series with Randy on how to prepare for civil unrest. Last Saturday, we talked about how to prepare for EMPs and uh, cyber attacks. Uh, I think Randy's going to be talking about cyber attacks today on our World Events Update. But anyway, ne- this coming Saturday, we're going to talk about how to prepare for civil unrest. And I know that'll be beneficial to you. Before I bring Randy on, let me mention a quick verse from Proverbs chapter 26. Uh, Proverbs chapter 26, verse 24 says, He who hates disguises it with his lips and lays up deceit within himself. When he speaks kindly, do not believe him, for there are seven abominations in his heart. And though his hatred is covered by deceit, his wickedness will be revealed before the assembly someday. And I think what this proverb is reminding us is that the wicked, uh, really, there's no end to their wickedness. They don't have the capacity to love or to empathize the truly wicked. Their conscience is seared. They cannot be reasoned with. So don't don't be fooled when they act kind. You know, Proverbs, or Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the unbelieving mind, and it says we should no longer walk that way in the futility of our minds, having our dark uh, understanding darkened, our, being alienated from the life of God, being ignorant, blind, past feeling, Ephesians 4.19, being past feeling, given, having given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. That's a quite a vivid picture that Paul paints there of the unregenerate mind. Uh, In Romans, Paul talks about how even believers who cater to that unregenerate part, that old man, it's not unregenerate anymore, but it's the old nature, that fleshly nature that is struggling with the new nature, as as Paul describes so eloquently in Romans 7 and in Galatians 5 and other passages. And so believers who are catering to that old nature, instead of walking in the Spirit and walking by faith, uh, can also be deceptive and use smooth words and flattering speech and uh, and really uh, let that wickedness uh, come forth. And in, in fact, in 1 Timothy 4.1, we've looked at this verse a lot. Paul says, the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy, and having their co- own conscience seared with a hot iron. So I say all that to say, uh, as Jeremiah the prophet reminded us, the heart of man is desperately wicked. It is deceitful above all things. Who can really understand it? And so as we deal with the Luciferian elite and sound the alarm about some of the things that are coming down the pike, never underestimate the wickedness of these people. And don't ever assume, just because they might say a kind word, as we read in Proverbs, that they are good people. They're not. They're of their father, the devil. They have one agenda, to kill, steal, and destroy. They want to uh, take over this world and kill anybody that gets in the way. And so we are so thankful that we have uh, the indwelling Holy Spirit, and we have a, a direct line to God Almighty, and we can march into the throne room unashamedly, 
boldly anytime we want to find grace and help in time of need. And that's what Hebrews tells us. And so I praise God for uh, just the privilege of knowing him by grace through faith, through his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. I praise God that I was raised in a Christian family and as a young boy was introduced to the good news about Jesus Christ. And I placed my faith in him as the only one who can save me. And ever since then, I've been a child of God. I've been a, a, a member of the family of God. And certainly, as with all uh, Christians, uh, there are seasons of ebbing and flowing uh, in my spiritual walk. Um, some uh, 49 years I've been a Christian now. And certainly, there's times when I'm not uh, living out the new nature you know, through, you know, by walking in the flesh. But uh, the Lord never leaves us or forsakes us. And He's always there, gently rebuking, bringing us back. And uh, I pray that if you're a believer and you're not walking with the Lord, that through the information that we talk about in these podcasts, it will prompt you to return to the Lord and uh, be in fellowship with Him and stay close to Him. You know, John the Apostle tells us that we should abide in close fellowship with Christ so that when He appears at the rapture, we will be confident and not ashamed. And we, we do want to have that, that confidence when we meet the Lord face-to-face. We want to hear those those wonderful words, well done, good and faithful servant. So just wanted to encourage you with with that uh, sort of admonition to watch out for uh, those evildoers out there. Don't believe a word they're saying, but secondly, uh, stick close to our Lord and uh, we can navigate these dark times uh, pretty successfully. And so, Randy, welcome back to the program today. Uh, It's just great, as always, to have you on. And uh, what wonderful good news do you have for us today? We have one bright point, and that is that it looks like the UPS strike has been called off Hmm. because it looks like they have a tentative agreement. Now, these agreements with unions, uh, they're tentative until they're signed. So we hope it's over, but we don't know yet. Now, that was the only positive thing I have for us today, which I'm sure you've all kind of come to expect. So let's start out with the really good news today. The Congress is going over UFOs, UAPs, and they're trying to get to the very bottom of what's going on. They finally figured out it is a danger. And so hopefully by the end of the day, tomorrow, whenever they're done, we'll find out more. Hunter Biden had a plea deal. He was going to plead guilty to his tax problems. And I guess the judge looked over, expressed concern about the agreement, and it is now off. Mm. So. We'll see where that goes. At 2.30 this afternoon, the Fed will de- uh, decide if they're going to raise the rates on the uh, loans. And it looks like they're probably going to go up another 25 points. And they may have one or two more increases left for the rest of the year. Now, a major bank, I think it was Pacific West or whatever it was yesterday, started to go down. But another bank stepped in and bought them. So that took care of that problem. But um, if you're looking at the banks right now, they're having some very serious problems. Now, we've talked about CBDC and FedNow to work blue in the face. But here's what I found out. I have an account at U.S. Bank. I walked in there last Thursday when this was all going into effect. I talked to a loan officer, to the branch manager, and to a teller. They knew absolutely nothing about FedNow. Now, it went into effect an hour after that. Hmm. So I called them back on Monday, and I'm going, so what's going on? And so they transferred me about three times, and I finally got a, uh, a human by the name of Alicia. 
And she said, well, we don't know much about it because it was all handled by corporate. But basically what we've done, everybody's been switched to FedNow. And for your state and federal checks, those are being affected right now. That is the only way they can be deposited, paid, and more than likely everybody else will be coming into it shortly. Now, that was a concern because nobody told anybody that this was going to happen. They just went ahead and did it. So I got an email this morning from one of our listeners. His bank is doing the same thing. They sent out a letter and said there's going to be a different type of uh, management system or something like that. So they're going in to check that to see if it's Fed now or what it is. And then last night, I listened to Lynette Zhang, and she said, all of the banks, they're basically, you're getting this shoved down your throat. You have no choice. It's coming in and everybody's going to get it. And she said those being tested right now, those that are ready for action, they're getting it now. But she anticipates everybody getting it shortly. So I called another one of my banks this morning and uh, they've been totally against it, didn't want it, et cetera, et cetera. Talked to him this morning. They said, well, we weren't involved in the testing, but it looks like we may be involved and have to use it. So in other words, FedNow is going to be here for everybody, whether we like it or not, in the very soon future. So now, well, FedNow, let, me, let me ask real quick before you start to interrupt there, Randy. But um, so just to clarify, obviously... They they launched FedNow earlier in the month, but what we're seeing, if I'm understanding this, is a gradual incremental rollout in different places and different banks, and it's it's sort of not something that could all happen at once across the land. It's happening institution by institution uh, as as you know they uh, as they roll it out, and and apparently they're doing this, and the banks are kind of not even aware of it at the time it happens? Their people know nothing about it. Mm. It is all done by corporate. Basically, they make an agreement with the federal government, FedNow, and all of a sudden it's here. Mm. So if you're getting Social Security, Medicare, railroad retirement, federal pension, federal wages, it's going through FedNow, whether you like it or not. Mm. Now, all the banks aren't involved yet, but from what they're telling me, they're going to be. The next thing that's going to happen, you had mentioned uh, the gentleman with chat GPT, the world coin. Well, looking into that a little bit yesterday, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because he has a plan to digitize every form of property, wealth, whatever that you possess, your money, your computer, your car, your house will all be digitized. You will be given tokens to use as the value of that property. You will no longer actually own it. You're going to have the digital version of it, and that's it. And I noticed when Lynette Zhang was talking, she's of the feeling and the opinion it's going to happen very, very quickly. And basically what it's going to be, Fed now will be the funnel. Uh, the CBDC, we don't know for sure what kind of uh, form that's going to take, if there will be, um, you know, a token or whatever they're talking about. But the government will control everything. Now, we talked about the um, uh, 
income for everybody last week that the governments are working at. Basically, it's a uh, it's a unified or a universal income provided to everybody. What it looks like they're trying to do is tank the economy, so the people are forced to take this income. They were talking of anywhere from two thousand to ten thousand dollars a month, basically. As long as you're using FedNow and you're using the CBDC, that money will be placed in your account. But there are rules. There will be carbon tracing, uh, how much food you eat, what kind of food you eat, how much electricity you use. And as long as you stay within the guidelines, you're allowed to get your full tokens. If you mess up, they're going to withhold the tokens. Now, the tokens are all going to have an expiration date on them. So if you haven't used them in six months, you just lost them or a year, whatever they decide they want to use. But everybody's of the opinion we thought CBDC was going to take forever. But it looks to me and it looks to everybody else I've talked to like this is going to be shoved down our throats just as fast as they can possibly do it. Hmm. So. You know, when they have the digital value of everything already figured out, uh, supposedly your little uh, ESG card and your digital um, ID is supposedly already printed. You'll get that at the appropriate time. So they're going to get rid of as many banks as they can because they don't want to have to mess with them. They've already got a plan how they're going to shove this down our throat and the universal basic income. Uh, if you don't want it, that's fine. But you're not going to be able to use crypto. You won't be able to use gold and silver and cash is no longer available. You're going to use their system. So if you're using cash or if you're using metals or whatever, it'll be on the black market, on the side, whatever you want to call it. But it looks to me after what they just pulled with Fed now, they're going to do the CBDC the same way. One of these mornings, we're going to wake up. They're going to say, here you go. This is how it's done. And this is your choice. So how how will they, uh, this is the question that I think a lot about. How will they enforce uh, that? I mean, it seems like if, as with many things with the totalitarian uh, Luciferians, you know, if enough people resist, I don't think they have the military force to be able to go door to door Um so let's say someone is, you know, owns their home and they pay tax, pay property taxes every year. And the government now says you must pay that through this digital ID system. And they say, no, I refuse. I mean, I don't know that they're going to be able to come force them at gunpoint to do that. I mean, if you seems to me, if you, um, you know, offer them some other alternative forms of payment, my guess is again, I don't, I don't know, and I think you know it's better to err on the side of caution for sure. But I, my guess is they'll probably, you know, say okay, fine, because there's going to be enough people that comply that they can they can get most of the way toward their goal of of uh, full spectrum control. Uh, if they have to deal with a few outliers that resist, I, I just don't, I just don't know what in real life that's going to look like. I definitely believe we're headed there. I've been sounding that alarm for a long time now and spoken about the CBDCs at length. But how do you, Randy, envision them uh, enforcing this? Well, basically, Ms. Zhang said they don't know all the details, but what they're thinking, cash will be declared illegal. You will no, no longer be able to use it whatsoever. 
cryptocurrency, since it is not uh, regulated by the government, it will be declared illegal, as will the metals. You will simply use the Fed now and the CBC, the digitization, or you will use nothing at all. So now I agree with you. There's got to be a time period when this takes place gradually, or at least I thought that until what they did with Fed now. If we go back to November, when the FDIC said some Friday afternoon, we're going to do this. And when you guys come back on Monday or Tuesday, it's going to be done. So I, I I don't know. Nobody Nobody's being told the exact procedure. But let's face it, you have 70 million people on Medicare and Social Security. You have Medicaid. You have railroad retirement. You have military pensions. You have military wages. You have federal people being paid by the federal government, that equates to almost 114 million people that will all of a sudden be told this is the way you do it and this is the only way you're going to be doing it. If you're working for them and they're depositing the tokens, wages, whatever you want to call it, they're going to have a whole, a whole list of what can be done and what cannot be done. And I think it's going to look much like the China system, the way they're talking about it, where this is it. So the little bits and pieces, we don't know. But I know a lot of the economists and a lot of those people are starting to go, whoa, we're not going to have a choice here. And yeah. then we then we have our friends at the WEF, um, Klaus Schwab. He said, well, what we're going to do, uh, we're going to we're going to take this a step further to be able to have the universal basic income. We're going to implant this little piece of metal in your wrist. And if you agree to take that, then you get the universal basic income. If you don't take the chip, you don't get it. Nothing else will be allowed for barter, for buying, or anything else. So this is your choice. So we know the Luciferians, the WEF, we know they've got a plan. We only know bits and pieces, but it sounds to me like they are moving along very rapidly. Yeah. Last night I talked about, uh, you know, the cryptocurrency a bit. And, you know, I think you're right. They're going to outlaw so-called private cryptocurrency. It's It's been my view from the beginning of Bitcoin yeah. and all of the other rage. And I was heavily involved in Bitcoin very early on with a, a, a dear friend and, and colleague who's with the Lord now, but he was an expert in that area. But um, I, it's been my view all along that there's really no such thing as private crypto, but I know people will argue with me about that. And I, I respect that. But um you know, they may outlaw it, but ultimately it's that technology of the digital, you know, based currency that the world government is going to take over. And and we've seen that already, as I talked about last night with WorldCoin, that's a private organization, private company, yes. but I believe yes, it's yes. one of many uh, that will eventually, you know, kind of merge together, uh, you know, be forced to do so, come under one banner of a global government. And that's how everyone will transact um, a business. And uh, I just feel like, you know, when when we get to that point in this, you know, uh, pro progress here, or, you know, progress is probably not the right word, but in the Luciferian plan to take over the world, uh, at that point, I think it's sort of an end of the world as we know it scenario. And we've got to plan to be off the grid. And just that's where all of these other preparedness items that you and I talk about on Saturdays come into play because then, yeah, the government may not accept cash or the government may not accept precious metals or some other means of exchange, but 
you can survive without the government. I know that's a shock, especially in our culture that they've created here. People think you have to have the government, but you can survive without it. And, uh, you know, you may have to live, uh, you know, live off the grid somewhere. And I know these sound like radical ideas, but unfortunately, that's the day in which we live. We have to imagine uh, what life might be like. And it's amazing when you think of it in, in the grand scheme of human history, we've only in the last hundred years become this dependent on all of the uh, the government entitlements and things like that. You know, you go back to the early days of this country, and certainly even before that, in the pioneer days, uh, people lived off the land. They lived to, to provide a, for their family food and shelter, and that was about it. They didn't have all these other trappings. Uh, and so it can be done. And for 6,000 years, mankind has done it. Uh, so you got to be proud of who you are, be confident in your abilities, think beyond what the, the mind control centers of public education have caused you to think and uh, and be prepared. And, you know, the Lord's on our side. He He's never seen the righteous forsaken or the children begging bread. And so I, I feel like we've just got, these are the times right now to think about these things. And people are all worried about, well, how am I going to pay my taxes or how am I going to get my social security check or this, that, and the other? Well, I mean, just uh, you're going to have to take a page out of the book of you know, 5,900 years of human history and, and figure it out. Yeah. The thing is, the Amish live this way. Mm -hmm. They're used to not having electricity and phones and all of that kind of stuff. And look at all the other countries that don't have what we have. Now, we had talked about um, on Saturday with the EMP, you know, take a day where you don't have AC, where you don't have a phone, where you take a cold shower and eat once one meal. Now, God, in his infinite wisdom, give me two days of that this last week. I am not a fan. So that means we're going to have to do a lot of rethinking who we are, where we are, what we're going to be able to do. But they're they're circling. They're coming in on us. Um, the people I've talked to said there will be civil unrest, massive riots within six months. They said there's no doubt, and it's not if. It's just a matter of what will finally push it over the edge. But evidently, they think we are at the edge. And I think a lot of the centers that we've talked about that are built, nobody's in them. I think they've got a plan to get rid of the rabble-rousers, and you will do what you're told, or else it's going to be a problem. And it's becoming more clear all the time exactly what they're doing. Yeah, talking about those those places they're building. I remember several years ago, back during the Obama administration, we saw a really you know spooky trend of WalMarts, these massive big box stores, going out of business and just sitting there empty. And you know, I talked about this back then, but it's it's worth repeating. One of the things to realize is that at the top tier, the Luciferians that are really pulling the strings of this new world order, trying to usher it in. They don't really communicate with a lot of the top tier business people. They don't, they have these plans that are years ahead of what they've even, you know, talked about uh, with their minions. And so they're up there thinking, okay, we're going to need some, you know, some detention centers when this thing, you finally, when we pull the, 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 the push the button on this and make it start rolling out. And so they just look around the, the world, they, you know, fly in their private jets and they send out people to do reconnaissance missions and they go, yeah, that, that bot, that Walmart looks good. You know, that Lowe's looks good. That school looks good because these are just commodities to them. And when the world falls apart, they'll just come in and take it over and, and then they'll repurpose it 
for you know for these detention centers and so uh you know we we might be sitting back thinking well you know my my uncle works in this as you know one of the top people at walmart or at some other corporation and he's never heard of any of this stuff you don't understand how they think you know they don't they think all of this is theirs the world belongs to them and they're yeah. trying to take it away from god its rightful owner and god's people and so they are way ahead of us and you know when we when we talk about you know these detention centers or fusion or uh, yeah fusion centers or fema camps those types of things fusion centers are more tracking us technologically but uh when they talk about these detention centers and fema camps those are real i mean there's there's no question that you know, these are the types of things that they're planning to, to be able to to control uh people when when it, when things go haywire and we have all of this civil unrest which is what we're going to be talking about on saturday Yes, and the thing is, I've I've seen these internment camps myself. I was happened to just pull up beside one one time, and you know I'm looking for directions, so I got kind of nosy, and all of a sudden a troop carrier full of fully armed troops came around the corner, asked what I was doing, and I made up the excuse trying to find an address, and they were more than helpful in showing me how to get there the quickest way. So don't 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 think this stuff is a joke. This is what is happening. So, good news. We now have a uh, triple-demic that's supposed to hit this fall, and it's no longer the avian flu. It's no longer Marburg. It is now going to be COVID, flu, and RSV hitting at the same time. Mm. Now, you know, having the forethought that our pharmaceutical companies have, and Mr. Gates has, they do have a vaccine available already, and it hasn't even hit. I just find that amazing. Now, they have an RSV vaccine by itself, if you don't want to take the other stuff, but that's only for old people and the very young. They used it on uh, pregnant women. The mortality rate was so high, they decided, eh, can't do that. But for the old people and the young, it's good. It'll work. So before you start taking this stuff, see how many of your friends take it, watch them die like flies, and then decide if you really want to do it. Um, the effectiveness rate of this is around 10% right now, and it has some very severe side effects. So they're bringing around the next batch to do more to us like COVID did. Be on the lookout, be very careful. Your doctor suggests something. Before you take the stupid thing, do some research into it, see where it's at. But that is the new thing supposed to be coming out. So look for it. <laughs> All right. The food supply. The food supply is getting very short. India cut off their uh, rice exports yesterday. They supply 40% of the rice for the world. They are now keeping that internally or sharing some with China. Um, Ukraine provides 30% of the corn and wheat. That has been destroyed because Putin made sure that the ports do not work. The farmers in mid-America suffering from drought, suffering from floods, massive hailstorms, tornadoes. There is going to be a massive shortage of food this fall. Um, chicken, the people that raise the chickens, production is way down, beef is way down, pork is way down, and the Chinese, the Russians, and others are buying as much of it as they can 
And unfortunately, we we provide it to them. We don't have any problem with that. So we're going to starve and they're going to be in good shape. Hmm. On the oil front, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve continues to go down uh, with the price of oil and the supply of oil right now. It will probably, at least in the next few years, never be replenished. So there is a 20-day supply going down more per month, and um, it's getting critical, and nobody is doing anything about it, which I guess is not a, a, a real surprise. But with the food going down, the oil going down, interest rates going up, um, there are some real problems in the near future. <laughs> yeah. The IAEA has found that there are mines around the Zaporizhia nuclear plant. Uh, they don't know if there's any on the top because they can't get to the roof, but the last reactor is being shut down. So as far as a meltdown, probably not going to have any problem with that. But if somebody attacks it, we will have a massive radiation leak and exposure to a lot of people. Um, China is supply. We found out of supplied enough non-lethal aid to Russia to basically supply the army with clothing, um, with other supplies they need. South Korea is providing, I guess you would say, Ukraine through the United States some of the artillery shells they want, but we're paying a premium for them and they can't keep up because um, evidently in Ukraine you don't need a target; you just go ahead and fire. <laughs> so we're having some major problems. Uh, Putin's bloodletting, I think, is about done. He has eight Russian generals that were dismissed. And now Prigozhin seems to be getting everything ready over in the uh, Belarus area and the Kaliningrad area. Basically, he has said that if anybody attacks Belarus or Kaliningrad, he has missiles, he has forces, and he will be to their aid immediately. So Putin put him where he wanted him. He's also working with a couple of countries in Africa, as we discussed last week. So instead of him being enemy number one, it looks to me like he's the main man for Putin and um, his war machine. Hmm. So kind of watch that in the future because um, the Romanians and the Polish are getting ready that looks like to move into Western Ukraine. If that happens, then um, we're gonna, you're going to see a massive outbreak in the war. I mean, let's face it, the Belarusians are not going to put up with that. The Russians won't put up with that. Prigozhia is already there. So Ukraine is going to pick up here much quicker than we thought. Um, the newest carrier, the United States fleet, the uh, Gerald Ford, is now in the Mediterranean. And their uh, strike group is over around Iran because of the Iranians interfering with oil supply. Um, the Turkish, the Italians, um, I think even the Greeks have some ships over there to protect the oil supply. Uh, that would be a major concern right now because Iran and North Korea, they don't seem to hold back. They seem to be wanting to fight, bring Israel into it, bring everybody into it. Um, they're a lot more militarily capable than most people think. And we could have a major war break out 
in the Middle East at yeah. any time. Yeah, Iran has been kind of quiet, or at least the, the chatter about Iran has been quiet. What's your uh, take? I mean, we're all focused on Russia, Ukraine, China, Taiwan, but, uh, you know, uh, the, behind the scenes, Israel's been launching some pretty big offensives. I, I read recently that uh, their offensive was one of the biggest in 20 years. Uh, they wouldn't do that if they didn't feel a threat. Uh, so do you, how real is the threat? Do you think that could be the the unfreezing event that kind of launches this World War III that the globalists have been uh, angling for for some time, that, that that there's some kind of either attack on Iran by Israel or attack on Israel by Iran, and, and which do you think is more likely? Well, okay, Iran has their ballistic missiles that are now nuclear tip. They are ready to fire. Um, Iran has basically armed Hezbollah. And Iran and Syria are also uh, allies. And we see that Russia was invited into Syria by Assad to protect the country. The United States moved in there to protect the oil. Now, we had a couple of drones, I believe, or a drone that was damaged by the Russians yesterday. I feel as far as a concern us and Israel, that that area around Iran, with Hezbollah, Syria, et cetera, is much more dangerous than a Ukraine is for us. Hmm. I would say that we're definitely going to have a war break out there. Um, you know, the Israelis are by themselves. They're surrounded by enemies. And Netanyahu now is not in great shape since he had his pacemaker put in. His government is fighting back and forth. They're having massive riots. And the Israeli Defense Force recruits are basically said, hey, we're not going to fight. Hmm. 10,000 of them one day, 10,000 of them next day. They don't like what he's doing with the judiciary. They said, we're not going to fight. So if I was Iran, this would be the time when I would think they're vulnerable. And I would probably institute something because we know they are arch enemies. We know that Turkey will support that because Erdogan said, you know, let's get rid of Israel. He has no use for it. They're all Muslim countries. I would say a major war is probably ready to break out. I don't know how soon it will be, but it could be any time. Yeah, I and worry more about them than the rest. That's what some uh, pundits have been talking about. You know, th that are into uh, the Luciferian conspiracy and been studying it for a long time. Geopolitical experts, uh, such as yourself, and uh, you know, and I've been looking at this for many, many years as well. And a lot of people have been saying that really the way things are going to unfold is that somehow the United States will be uh, forced into a a war of some kind. They, in other words, either it's NATO. A lot of people thought it could be with the Russia-Ukraine thing that if Russia launches against Turkey, we'd have to, you know, Article 5 of NATO, we'd had to go, go in and support them. Or if somebody attacks Israel, of course, we'd have to support them. And anyway, once that happens, then all the, you know, all the other nations kind of join the fray, you know, kind of like a big dog fight, you know, that you see on those comics with a big dust, you know, uh, bowl and, and all these dogs starts with one or two and all of a sudden every dog in the neighborhood is joining into this big fight. And and then uh, at that point, that's when uh, PDD 60 and, and our long term uh, plan comes into play where we would absorb a first strike, decapitating us and our military uh, targets. And we talked about that last week, uh, you know, which targets those might be. 
and and then and then we're kind of defenseless. But it, there's got to be some trigger. Uh, I just don't think we're going to see out of the blue some missiles show up on our shores. It's gonna it's gonna be some uh, prov- provocation or some type of false flag that where we are forced to do something, and then that, in the minds of the enemy, gives them the justification to retaliate against us. Is that is that a fair assessment? Yes, I think, you know, we are into the Ukraine so heavy and so far that we keep sending them money. We don't have much more from munitions, and they're running out of men. But the thing is, I was uh, listening to Colonel McGregor today, just before we came on the air, And basically, he said, expect American boots on the ground in the Ukraine in the near future. The F-16s, all the rest of that stuff, the Polish army, the Romanians, they're ready to fight. Now, if we get into a fight there, we're not going to be able to come to the aid of Israel. We will be in that conflict because we have North Korea and China also, not to mention, you know, our economy. Um, Israel's surrounded. They're by themselves. Iran will take advantage of that, I think, pretty soon, although there's so many things going on, you never know what's going to fall first. But we know that the Israelis are going to be attacked by Iran, the surrounding countries, and we were pretty sure the United States has not come to their aid because we're never mentioned. So whether it's the Psalm, what is it, Psalm 83 or 87 war, the uh, Gog Magog, I mean, there's so many things going on. We're basically neutralized because we have no money, we have no troops, we have no munitions. And so they're going to take advantage of it. There is no doubt about it. And with Netanyahu and his government in disarray, the soldiers not wanting to fight, Hezbollah is fully armed. It could happen at any minute. I mean, let's just face it that that's probably the biggest powder keg anywhere right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And by the way, that Psalm 83 war... Uh, a lot of people talk about that as a prophecy. I don't see it that way. I think it's it's just a, a regular, um, you know, uh, psalm. It's not prophetic. Um, yes, that's yes. okay. There's certainly no question that Scripture speaks of wars and rumors of wars leading up to uh, the tribulation period, and of course during the tribulation period after the Antichrist breaks the treaty, and we know that Gog and Magog will happen. Uh, sometime after the rapture, in my view, and and prior uh, to the start of the tribulation. So there's plenty of war to go around. I just wanted to clarify that I don't think that that Psalm 83 is a prophetic psalm. Yeah, well, I have to agree, because, you know, when you look at it, they always say the Psalm 83 war is different from the Six-Day War, uh, all of the ones that the uh, Israelis have always already fought, sorry. But The only reason they say that is because in Psalm 83, Lebanon is in there, and it hasn't been in the other wars with Israel since 1948. So I kind of look at it, go, it could happen. Uh, Time is getting short. I don't know. But I do know that NATO has no ready force to fight, no munitions. Uh, The United States has their carrier group down there. And I know we have some troops, Syria, Iraq, and stuff like that. Not enough to get into a war. We we would be done within a week. So um, the Israelis, unfortunately, are on their own. Biden and Kamala Harris really don't like Israel. And Biden really doesn't like Netanyahu. Hmm. So they're not going to be paying any more attention to them than they have to. So 
it would be a good time for something to happen. No doubt yeah, about it. No doubt. Um, the BRICS nations, their uh, big meeting here in August is going to be when they announce their new currency, supposedly. Putin has decided because of that arrest warrant out for him, he will not be going down there. He'll send somebody instead of him. Um I'm kind of surprised that he's worried about it since South Africa is one of their allies, but I guess, you know, better safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. Did you have something? No, no, I was just chuckling. That's right. All right. So let's move on. Gold and silver. Um, they basically continue to go up a little, down a little. Uh, I think the closer we get to the BRICS meeting, the higher the value of gold and silver are going to go. I don't see it going down much more because if we have the nations basically with a gold reserve instead of a debt reserve based currency like we do, I think it's going to make a big difference. Um, When you look at the debt of the United States, we were at 32 trillion a month ago. We're at 32.6 trillion now. So we're going about a trillion extra every six weeks. Um, something's going to have to stop because the we're paying 125% of our GDP just for interest on that debt alone. And I don't see how we can possibly survive much longer. So you know, we talk about having metals, other means of payment. Um, I think I want to emphasize that again because it's not going to be long and our dollar's going to be worthless. Mm-hmm. If, if it is still the reserve currency, what is the value going to be it's up against a gold standard with the rest of it? So I don't know. I, I still, in the back of my mind, I get the feeling that the Fed is going to move in and they're going to nationalize everything. Then they're going to say it's all ours. Here's your universal basic income. This is what you get. That is how, you know, the WEF says you will own nothing and you will like it. Well, there are only a few ways you could actually accomplish that. You know, you can raise the taxes. Most people could afford to pay them. Uh, Interest rates are going to be damaging. No doubt about that. But if they were to nationalize all the property, all of the money, they owned it all, that would clear out that $32.6 trillion debt. Yeah. And and what's what's interesting about that, Randy, is that, again, the long-term plan is for the United States to become part of a one-world system. They've got to destroy yes. our national sovereignty and bring us bring us down. Uh, so in as they wait for the right time to do that, they're kind of setting the stage by, you know, I- incrementally making us a nationalized, you know, payment system and economic system and, you know, the universal basic income. And then it's much easier for to, to plug that component into uh, a one world system. Right now, we're all over the map. I mean, we're just we have all different private institutions and private crypto and private this and 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 everybody who sees this coming. And so they're launching these new private things like Worldcon, as I talked about yesterday. But make no mistake, ultimately, those are going to all come under, uh, you know, the, this way of the evil one uh, in the one world system. It only remains to be seen whether we're, st- we're still here when that happens. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, part of bringing America down might be first uh, kind of rolling out a totalitarian tyranny here 
I mean, a lot of people would say we're already in it. I mean, let's face it, most of our constitutional rights and the Bill of Rights have been, you know, shredded. But uh, but I think they they're going to continue to uh, make this a national tyranny, so to speak, so that it's much easier than to just kind of cede control of our whole nation in mass to whoever the powers that be are when they roll out the one world system. So that yeah, that's a good point. Well, when you were talking to Shane a couple of weeks ago. Didn't he say that we would probably lose 30 to 40 million jobs in the United States because of AI? Oh, yeah. He said 80 percent. He said he really thinks 80 percent of the job market will go away. So if we take that and then we have the people that are on Social Security, Medicare, et cetera, they're getting us into a corner where we have no choice but to accept whatever payment they're going to give us. Right. So if that's going to happen, I mean, when he was talking and in the conversations I've had with him, it looks like we could lose that 30 to 40 million jobs within the next year or two. Yeah, that's what he thinks. And by the way, you know, I, I, I we, we always use the phrase, you know, have no choice, but I believe you always have a choice. And again, it's not going to be easy, but, you know. And it ultimately may, you know, as Christians have found for the last 2000 years, may mean paying the ultimate price, but we don't have to give in. We don't have to surrender. And I think that's the, the biggest thing that I've been saying now for the last year, ever since uh, CBDCs became kind of part of the public conversation, is right now you need to steel yourself against it. And that means planning ahead and thinking about all of the what ifs. And that's why we decided to launch this uh a preparedness series on Saturdays because we want people to think through some of the realities. Um, and there's something uh, freeing about that, honestly. I mean, obviously, as a believer, our faith should always be in the Lord, and and He, we understand that He's in charge, and and we trust Him every day. We walk by faith, not sight, uh, as Proverbs says. We understand that we might prepare the horse for battle, but it's the Lord that brings deliverance. But uh, so it's both and. But as you begin to think about, you know what, I can do this. You know what, I, you know, these are things that I've never had to do before. I've never had to to skin a deer or fish or, you know, uh, cook over an open fire. Or I've never had to, uh, you know, bundle up in cold weather. I've never had to you know, fix my own broken appliances and that kind of stuff. So, you know, but as you begin to think about it, it starts to make you think, you know what, I can do this. And, you know, every day was an adventure back in the the pioneer days. You know, they they would wake up and, you know, if Pa didn't come home with the with the deer over his shoulder, they might not eat or they might have to eat beans or something that night. And so, uh, but it was an it was an exciting time because God has given us. Remember, we're made in the image of God. I mean, we are the highest pinnacle of creation. We've been dumbed down dramatically and convinced that we're nothing but these algorithms, like you all know, Harari says, and and we're useless. We're just like another tree or animal or you know plant of some kind. Um, but we're not. We are image bearers. We are you know intelligent. And if we can break out of this trap that they put us in, there's nothing we can't accomplish. And so I don't I don't want people to think that, you know, you're going to have no choice. Uh, I think you you always have a choice. It just may come at a, a high cost. Yes. And the thing is, with Fed now, if you're forced into that, you don't forego your salvation because right. of Fed. Absolutely. You know, 
you can't forego your salvation for anything. This is not a moral issue. This is a wisdom issue and a self-preservation issue. Um, you know, our, our salvation is secure because Jesus promised he gave us eternal life. If if you could lose eternal life, it was never eternal to begin with. I mean, and Jesus t- calls it eternal, and he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. He, he says, you shall never perish. In fact, in John 10, 28, there, it's a double negative. You shall know never perish. In other words, emphatically, in no way, by no means, ever, 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 ever will you perish if you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ. He says, you've passed from death to life and shall never come into judgment. So uh, this isn't an issue of eternal destiny. It's an issue of while we live on this earth, how are we going to survive what's, you know, what's happening and, and, uh, and, you know, uh, live wisely. Uh, We got to be smarter than them. We're never going to overpower them. You know, when the powers that be decide to turn their drones and their tanks and their artillery on us, Okay, that you know, at that point, there's not much you can do. It's you just you you wait to see the Lord, you know. But uh, in the meantime, we can be smart and not flaunt it, not you know, not uh, try to bow up and and talk about it. Remember, loose lips sink ships. So we we want to just be prepared and you know, and uh, don't brag about your preparedness, but just be ready for what comes, and then think about how can I provide for. My family, people have done it. I mean, think about World War II, you know, the people that, the, the Jews that hid out uh, in the secret compartments underneath the floorboards or, you know, you know that you can hide from the enemy and you can be prepared. You just have to think about it. It's not pleasant to think about, but, uh, you know, for us, life on this earth is just a speck on the timeline of eternity. So it's an adventure. Enjoy it every day. We'll have all of eternity to be in the arms of our Savior and be exploring and meeting great men and women of the faith. Uh, so right now, now's the time to 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 be thinking about all of the what ifs. Yeah, and we're going to go over a lot of those for our um, topic on Saturday. But people need to remember, you know, always have food, water, cash, metals, whatever, because we're not just talking um government problems wars stuff like that we're talking about natural disasters i mean i saw this morning that the sea temperatures off florida are now 101 degrees hmm. they have never been that hot before there are some storms forming out in the atlantic that'll be heading to the east and we don't know what to anticipate there this is uncharted territory Many years ago, I listened to a speaker said that he wouldn't doubt that there would be something like a super cane, is what he called them, that could have wind speeds in excess of 600 miles an hour. Mm. Now, I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if we're there. But when we're, when we're preparing, we're taking care of ourselves for everything. This isn't just an EMP. This isn't for martial law. This is to provide for your family some forethought thinking about what you're going to need, what you're going to do with it, and just be prepared because 95% of the people at least have no idea what's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, this weather... Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Uh, sorry to cut you off there. So yeah, this weather whiplash, they call it. I mean, it's it's unprecedented. We've experienced it here in Colorado. I mean, it is, we're expecting severe storms again today. It's been, you know, the wettest summer on record. Uh, we have just unbelievable hail. I mean, you know, the, the Plains area is known for hail, but not like this. And there are being, there's hail in mountains, cities and towns that have never had hail before. Uh, and it's all engineered and it's all, they're just like the mad scientist up there spraying chemicals let's see what this does and they spray the spray the blanket the sky in it and it interacts these these nanoparticles interact with uh, the sun and moisture and the natural elements and, and next thing you know there's these you know super cells and they're devastating and uh so you know th this is all part of the signs of the times but I, I tell you what i am so tired of the rain uh you know thankfully we've done all the water mitigation and we feel pretty confident about you know not facing flooding by god's grace anyway anymore but still there's a lot of work to be done and you can't work when it's pouring down rain out there and so you get you just get going good with our our workers and and they're trying to finish up stuff and all of a sudden it rains and they call it a day and it's just like what what can you do so it is frustrating uh, you've had some pretty bad weather up there in the mountains where you are right yeah we've had some hail we haven't had rain now in three weeks but pikes peak had a tornado when do you see a tornado on a mountain i don't remember in my lifetime that ever happening yeah and people are so dumbed down they just you know Oh yeah, it's a it's a it's a tornado, you know, in the in the in the uh, in Pikes Peak, but you know it's it's uh, you know the, all of this stuff they're doing they call it carbon dioxide removal or you know stratospheric aerosol, uh, you know uh, sulfate aerosols or solar radiation management. These are all technical terms, scientific terms that you can go to any geoengineering website or you know subcontractor for the US government they're telling you right there in plain sight in plain english what they're doing in spraying and it's uh it's it's you know amazing to me that we still get pushback from people that say oh you're nuts they're not doing anything this is all natural it's not natural uh, Satan wants to be God and his minions are hard at work trying to play God and control the weather yeah, and if you watch everything, if you don't notice the bigger role that Satan and his demons are playing right now, you're evidently asleep because yeah. things have changed just in the last few months. People are not the same as they were a few months ago. Mm -mm. I mean, there is total disregard for people's property, for their lives, uh, for the welfare. Um, I read an article yesterday that there was a gentleman that died in New York City. Some people went by, didn't pay attention to him, but took all of his valuables. <laughs> now, you know, I don't get it. That yeah. is not the way I was brought up. Yeah. But no, it's it is crazy, and uh, and I, I think you're right. It's it's something is afoot. I was talking about this last night after prophecy night with some folks. The the timing of this these these you know the the 2020s seems to be the time when they decided we're going to pull out all the stops and make this happen. Uh, you know, and it relates to Agenda 2030, as I talk about in my books. Um, but yeah, I tell you what, uh, that's a lot to digest today, and uh, I know we've kind of sounded. 
a little bit negative here at the end. I don't mean to be negative. I, I know, uh, you know, who holds the future, and I'm excited about the, the, the fact that the stage is being set for the end times. It means that the return of the Lord is closer and closer. But I do get frustrated and angry because uh, you just can't wake some people up. You know, as I've said often, uh, quoting um, or paraphrasing Mark Twain, it's easier to fool people than to convince them they've been fooled. And that's the way a lot of people are. So, but all we can do is sound the alarm and pray and, um, yeah, any closing thoughts before we wrap up? Well, I would say watch what happens today as far as the Fed, mm -hmm. uh, UFO meetings that are going on. Uh, from what I've heard, you may hear some really inter interesting things coming from the UFO meetings. Now, I don't know if anybody's going to really have the intestinal fortitude to testify like they were going to, but if they do, this will be a game changer as far as that stuff goes. Yeah, can't wait to see the results of that. And always keeping an eye on the Fed. Uh, as you said, they're talking about bringing it up another quarter basis point. Who knows? Um, but uh, it's it's exciting. <clears throat> it's an exciting time for sure. And, and I hope that some of these people that testify at the hearing today do come out and say, look, we really believe this is demonic. And it'll it'll at least get people thinking about spiritual matters. And on that note, I want to just encourage our listeners uh, to think about spiritual matters and recognize that, uh, first of all, you need to be saved, that you're born dead in your trespasses and sins, and only by a relationship with Jesus Christ can you be reborn and made right with a holy God and have eternal life in heaven, and that comes through faith. Uh, you, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, whoever believes in me has everlasting life. So I hope you'll trust in him today. It's a one-time thing. You don't have to keep doing it over and over again. Uh, you're either saved or you're not. And if you've trusted in Christ, you are saved. And if you're a Christian today, you'll be a Christian tomorrow. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, and anybody that says otherwise does not understand the Scripture. Um, but uh, if you've already done that, we still want to live out our faith, and we want to walk by faith, and we want to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And I encourage folks to check out an article that I wrote yesterday first time in several weeks that I've actually had the time to put pen to paper. I, I used to try to do that weekly and, and still hope to do that. Uh, but uh, anyway, we finally um, you know, uh, published one, uh, and uh, I hope you'll check it out. It's called, the he Who is the Hero of Bible Prophecy? Who is the Hero of Bible Prophecy? And so I hope you'll check that out at notbyworks.org. It's in the second position on the highlight carousel. Of course, those highlight banners there on our main page, uh, they're you know, a couple dozen if you scroll through them with the right and left arrows right there on the big square box. Uh, that's just kind of things that are current, and we change that every day with new promotional things uh, based on new podcasts, new videos, new devotionals. But you can always go to the main menu on the left side of our homepage and click under resources and go straight to podcasts, devotionals, videos, our radio program. We still have a broadcast radio program that airs up in the Midwest. Um it's uh, airing archived shows, but it's not it's not internet based. It's it's on the on the uh, on the radio. Uh, our newsletters are there. Other resources like the preparedness guide and our Bible study recommended Bible study resources. Those kinds of things. So the website is a wealth of information. I hope you'll check it out. Be sure and uh, sign up for our newsletter. You can also do that at notbyworks.org. At the bottom of the homepage, just click on or just enter your email address in the box there, and then click subscribe, and uh, you will be on our list to get our newsletters when they come out. Well, Randy, can't wait to talk uh, about uh, preparedness, and that podcast will air on Saturday. Uh, but until then, have a great rest of the week, everyone. Let us know if we can 
do anything. And we appreciate very much uh, your prayers and your support. God bless.